The following episode contains graphic and explicit content. Viewer discretion is advised. So I was released from Thurston County. Everybody thought I was getting out. I didn't think so. I didn't have that feeling in my gut. True enough, yeah, they just slapped more cuffs on me and took me outside and I noticed some people in plain clothes, you know, standing at the desk and I was like, they didn't actually belong there. Turns out I was right. They took me out to a Ford Focus or something like that. They put their cuffs on me, which are a lot nicer than than the state's got Thurston County. They're actually oval instead of, so they fit your legs like that instead of like that. I didn't say a word on the ride up there. Didn't actually know where I was going, but I guess I was being charged with weapons charges. Right, because they thought it was a short barrel, but it was a pistol, or shotgun, it was a pistol. Yeah, they didn't have anything right. It was ridiculous. What I was told was that they wanted to hold on to me for a longer time just to do what they had to do. Isn't that strange? I mean, they held me for how many days and didn't convict me of anything? Where's Buddy? How do you know about Buddy? I know a lot of stuff, Eric. I know about Buddy. I know a lot of stuff. Where's Buddy? Back there? Yeah, but he's long gone. Yeah. How do you know about that? I told you he knows everything. That's my job. Oh, that's what I got from Dave. It's Buddy. Buddy? Yeah. Wow. She's a like a pagan Searching places That I would never go Destroy walls With endless walls But ain't no rock can stop me from getting Hey guys, you just heard a piece of my conversation with Eric Roberts. Now, before I dive into that, I want to address a few things with the conversation I had with Aaron Huntley. So one of the things that stuck out to me about my conversation with Aaron is that he doesn't remember what his alibi was on March 6, 2009, when he was questioned by Thurston County. But now, I have the case file. I had the chance to sit down with Aaron to discuss what his alibi was. 
and before I can get three to five words out, he knew exactly and remembered what had happened during that weekend of March 6, 2009. Apparently, Aaron had a girlfriend who had flown into town, and on March 6, around 9 a.m., Aaron left work to go to the Seattle airport at 10 a.m. to pick up his girlfriend who was flying into town. When Thurston County got aware of this information, they asked Aaron what his whereabouts were for that entire weekend, asking him if he had ever left his girlfriend or if he can provide proof of this purchase of ticket, which it all happened. So it checks out. Aaron had an alibi. He was with his girlfriend the entire weekend. Now, I told you at the end of episode 11 that I was about three-fourths of the way through in my conversation with Aaron. Now, I didn't foresee having a four-and-a-half-hour conversation with Eric, and I don't feel the additional recording of my conversation with Aaron is necessary at this point. So, we're going to fast forward to the conversation I had with Eric. Now, I want to explain to you about everything that happened or transpired up until the point of having this conversation with Eric. I got a tip that Eric was at a residence up in Edmonds in Washington State. I drove up to this house, knocked on the door, no one answered. Rang the doorbell, no one responded. So I left the scene. I drove back, obviously I was extremely frustrated. Later on that night, while I'm sitting in my hotel room, I get a message from a listener. They told me that they had just spotted Eric and even had a short, brief conversation with him. So the next day, I made a trip out to Eric's house. During my first trip to the house up in Edmonds where Eric was supposedly staying at, I went alone. During the second trip, I took a second individual with me. Now He's been supportive since day one of my podcast. His name is Mayor Wayne Fournier. So at times during my conversation with Eric, you're going to hear Wayne talk or ask questions. So to kind of set the scene for you guys, I showed up to Eric's house. He has a gate, so I had to get out of my car to walk up to his front doorstep. Now, as I'm approaching his front door, there's a porch that you have to walk up to first, and it kind of dog legs to the left to the front door. As I was walking towards the front door, I immediately noticed that there was a window to the left, and it was open. The screen was on, and as I'm looking through it, I immediately noticed that there was a human on the other side staring right at me. It was Eric. Naturally, I just called out his name. His response? What do you want? Who are you? I introduced myself and explained to him who I was, that I wanted to speak with him. It was an uncomfortable maybe 5-10 to seconds before he decided to go to the front door. Once he came out to the front porch, I stuck my hand out to shake his hand. Again, another uncomfortable 5 seconds before he responded. Eric then walked us back to the front porch steps, sat down and started to talk about why I was there. Now, I've interviewed a lot of people, but to say that Eric was the most challenging individual to get to talk to me, again, would be an understatement. He was very, very reluctant, said to me, my attorneys advise that I don't talk to anybody about this. My response was, well, you don't have an attorney. You're not being prosecuted, are you? After Wayne and I convinced him enough to have this conversation or interview to set the record straight, he said to me, have you been to my property? And I said, no. I've been to it, but I haven't been on it. His response, want to take a walk? We followed Eric inside his house where he put his shoes on. Then he led us back to his backyard, to the fire pit. Now in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, this cannot be happening. If you recall, Eric told Detective Mickey Hamilton when he first confessed to the murder of Nancy Moyer, do you want to take a walk? And took him right back to the fire pit and said, I don't want to incriminate myself any further, but... If I were to get rid of a body on my property, that's where I would do it. Now, that's going to be where we start our conversation. One thing I do want to warn you guys about this conversation is that since Eric wanted to have this conversation outside, 
So a quick shout out to Resonate Recording for helping me with this. You're going to hear a lot of wind, or even when Eric is picking apart a pine cone. All I ask is that you're understanding about the circumstances of the situation that we were in in order for me to have this conversation with Eric. During my conversation with Eric, it kind of goes in circles at times. So I'm going to do my best to explain to you about what's happening. Now, Eric's first words to me about the phone call and what had happened was that he had made a phone call to Thurston County before confessing to the murder of Nancy Moyer. You said to me that you made a call before the one about Nancy Moyer. What was that phone call about? Here's what I remember. Is that I saw a guy walking down my road. Towards your house from your driveway? Right down the driveway. Okay. And... The dog even saw the guy. I mean, the dog, that's what alerted me was his dog. Popped up, and I was like, hmm, Decker, you know, what's going on? And I see, and then somebody's gone. And I sat there, and I was like, hmm, what do I do? You know, I'm not her. Can you even give an idea what this this person looked like? Height, weight, big, small, clothes? All in black, about at least six foot bigger than me skin color no didn't see any of that it was just it happened so quickly happened so quickly shirt jacket sweater fully all black fully clothed as far as i tell fully clothed i sat there for a long time and i was like okay what do i do and the last i mean i was like god damn it you know who's who's on the property i mean i didn't even know where that saw came from see the saw I don't even know where that came from. So I I said, well, I said to myself, well, do I grab a gun? And I thought, that's pretty stupid. Why? Why? Yeah. He's on your property. You got guns. You have the right to defend yourself. Yeah, but I'm not, I couldn't shoot somebody. That's, Why have the guns? I don't have guns anymore. I used to participate in that. I used to enjoy that, but I don't really, I don't know. I don't like it anymore. So this guy, you you saw him, you called 911, and that was the first call? Yep. Take me through that call. What do you remember? Well, now I know him as Detective Hamilton or something like that. And we walked back here. We stood right behind those the stuff right there, and I said, well, I mean, there's nowhere else for him to go except for in the field and blah, blah, blah. You guys probably already know this, but they were like, well, that's an impressive fire pit. And I was like, yeah. Let me reverse that real quick, because that first phone call was about a guy who was on your property. Mickey Hamilton didn't respond to that call about the first first call, right? I don't know. It should be on Thurston County's records that you made that first call. You know, I really don't know. It seems like it was at the same time or one moment after the next i really don't know i mean that's what i told him and that's that's the hardest thing that if you've ever been into a investigation it's like the worst thing to tell them is that you don't know so second phone call is made you were on the you're on the record saying you wanted to call in because you wanted to confess to the murder of nancy moyer you had killed her they asked who it was that you killed that you said it was nancy moyer and that you didn't want to carry this weight any longer, this guilt. So you eventually then say that you wanted to hold off on talking until 
local authorities were here and they did come and you're waiting for them on the front porch. I was sitting on the front porch when they showed up. I do remember that, but I don't remember ever confessing to anything. They have you on record saying, I killed Nancy Moyer, right? I mean, you know that, that they have that in your words saying that. So they played for me. I just have no recollection of that. I don't know what to think of that. First of all, I had nothing to do with her disappearance. I told the detectives that. You told the detectives that the next day, on July 10th. Because July 9th was the phone call. That was the second day. Yeah. July 10th? No, that was a, that was the day afterwards. That was two days afterwards. Okay. Well, I know on July 9th you had called in for the confession. And then on July 10th, you recanted your confession the next day. For some reason, it seems or like it's the 11th. Or the, or or the 10th? Uh, no. Or no, I'm sorry, the 11th. You're right. You're right, the 11th. So you recanted the confession. I mean, you understand that the testimony that you gave pretty much lined up with how Nancy left her house. She didn't have any kind of altercation with anybody. She didn't struggle in a fight with anybody. She willingly went with somebody somewhere. And your position was we had a relationship. It wasn't a dating one. It was a sexual one. And that's all it was. No, I've, I've never had sex with Nancy Moyer. I never even thought about her in that way. It was, as I would commonly say, it was zero to the left. I mean, my nephew slept with her, and I don't have any, I, you know, it's like I wouldn't have anything to do with her. It's like it didn't even come to mind for me. What, what so kind of relationship did you have with her? Nothing. Other than she's obviously your neighbor, you say hi to her, you work at the same spot, you guys run past each other quite often, and she acknowledges you, and you guys wave at least, right? You guys... Right, wave. We don't necessarily, you know, acknowledgement, meaning a head nod or something like that, or a little wave, but then nothing. I don't remember actually seeing her very often, other than... I found it odd that she was dropping off her kids to the school bus, but she didn't actually live there. And I kind of, when I found that out, I was like, oh, wow. She drives all the way in from where she lives. And That time frame that you're talking about, mm -hmm. she had moved out of her house probably about a year and a half before that. So do you recall her coming back to the house to drop the kids off near the time of her disappearance, like a month or two months or? I don't recall exact time but I know that she was there at the end of the road quite frequently let's go back to the day of you know you're sitting on the porch they come you're obviously starting to talk about what happens and even to the point where you say this doesn't really feel very official I'd rather get in your patrol vehicle your cruiser and and go on record okay you, you get inside the vehicle you're emotionally distraught you're you were crying you're upset understandably but you also continue to dive into what happened because initially you said you'll never find her she's in the hills and what happened was you picked her up from her house which lines up with the fact that she went somewhere willingly with somebody you leave and you said near the Chehalis River somewhere she attacked you and you just defended yourself but it got out of hand and you don't know what happened but why she attacked you I never said that. Okay, so if it's on the recorder, what do you say to that? I really don't know. 
I think that the... I remember this. I remember that the officer asked me about her. I pointed to the... I pointed, like, around in that general area. And I was like... I was like, she's been gone for 10 years or something, right? And I'm like, I don't... She could be anywhere. Who knows? Okay. But the part where, where, where she could be anywhere is challenging because you're in the cruiser, you tell them to turn the recorder off, and then the story changes. Is you picked her up and it didn't happen near Shahalis River. It happened here. And she liked is to be choked. Is that actually on the recorder? That part? Yes. No. Okay. It, I is, never said that. This is where I'm giving you the chance to make it clear. So you're saying I that... I never, never said that. never said that, that no. she didn't... She, what about the scarf? I don't even know where that came from. That was made up. There's a lot of shit made up from the fucking media. Or a lot of people... What somebody says to somebody else and somebody says... A lot of people are just making shit up. It just never fucking happened. When you say it never happened, you're saying then Thurston County made up that part of the confession of... I picked her up. We came back here. We were having sex. She enjoyed being choked in that type of sexual act... And it just went too far. And they made that up. Made that up. Yes. As far as the scarf and what you used to choke her, made that up. Yes. Because you also then say afterwards, when they asked you, what did you do? Where is she at? What did you do with her body? Is that you would get very choked up at that point in time and, and even made a comment about how you've been trying to forget that for the last 10 years. Eventually you said, you want to take a walk? And you walked him right back here, and you said, I don't want to incriminate myself any further, but if I were to get rid of a body, you pointed right there and said, that's where I would do it. What I exactly said was, is that we walked, they said, do you mind if we walk back here? And I was like, uh, you know, sure, this is where I saw the person, right? This is the original, you know... And we walk back there, and they're like, well, we don't see anybody. We don't see any signs. One of them commented about the fire pit. You didn't come and point to it? No. They commented about the fire pit. They were like, that's what brought it up, is they commented about the fire pit. And I said, yeah, we used to have like, some pretty big parties back here. And, and I said, you know, I built that thing, or I had Aaron built it, Aaron and Aaron. So that it would hold... AJ, just to be... For the record, it's AJ, Aaron Johns, and then Aaron Huntley, your nephew. Yes. Yeah. And I said, it, it. you could throw a pallet in there, and it would be... You just burn pallets in there. It's just, just that big. And I told... And it's common knowledge that I told family members, my son or whatever, I said, that's where I want to be cremated. You want to be cremated in this fire pit? Yeah. I did, not anymore. Would it, Why? It would work well? It would have. Why? It'd go out like a Viking, whatever. You know, it was when I was younger. It doesn't haunt me today. It doesn't, I don't think about it or whatever. It's, it's just, you know, at the time, there was no house. There was just the property. What doesn't haunt you? About lying down and, or being dead or anything like that, you know. It doesn't matter. The whole, I want to be buried and go out in ashes here, and, and is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't even think about it anymore. But that's at the time. But I told him that, and I remember I'm standing here at the top of the hill, and there's three cops, and one of them turns his head and looks at me, 
The other one turned his head and looks at me. And the other one turned his head to me and they said, that is really a weird fucking statement. You understand that that is a weird statement. Not to me. But why did they think that the fire pit was where she was at? I mean, you look around, look around here. They tore up this shit because they thought she was here. Because they said that you said that. Well, I was introduced very early on into the investigation to the person who's been investigating this for since her disappearance. And I was just like, I told him, I was like, I don't have anything to do with this. I don't know. But it wasn't until it wasn't until like a day later that, well, they gave me more information than I actually knew. What information? About Dave. What information about Dave? Because that's something I want to... Before we get to Dave, I just want one question. I want to address some things. Is, is When you're saying, again, you deny coming out here, standing in front of the fire pit and pointing and saying, I don't want to incriminate myself any further, but if I were to get rid of a body on my property, that's where I would do it. You're saying you never that never happened. Well, in context, yes, I did say that, but I was talking about myself, not about somebody else. So explain the context. Are you saying that because you wanted to bear, you wanted to burn your own self in this when you died? Well, that's why I built it originally. I thought you, if, but Aaron and you built Aaron this to burn, burn bodies. No, burn your my body. Yes, just that's yes. where I wanted to be cremated at. Why? Why else? I get what you're saying, but that's why you had it made. And AJ and Aaron both made this. Was that's it? not why I had it made. Okay, we built it to be, to have parties out here and just to commune with nature and it was a good place to go it was very loving it was people would spend the weekend out here they would just you know love and drink and do whatever they did but they would just you know would have eric it sounds like you had a rough day and you wanted to get it off your chest and you brought them out here to let the world know that you gave her a what you feel is a is a final resting place that's what it sounds like i actually don't know what you mean by that i what is that? I well, mean, I mean, you you built this, and this was a, in your mind, this was a fitting place to, you know, to send somebody off, and maybe maybe whatever happened happened accidentally. But you realize I built this long before she went missing. Absolutely, and that's what I'm saying. So, so what he's saying is, is what happened? If it happened, it was an accident. This was the prop, the best way you could have handled the situation. Is, no, now you're saying you're acting like saying. Okay, that's what it sounds like to the world. That's what really. That's what it sounds like. It's like. You know, this had been weighing on your mind maybe for 10 years. It had been weighing heavy. Finally, you had enough. You wanted to come out with it. You wanted to, you know, you're, you've, you've seemed like a very peaceful, nice man the whole time we've been here with you. And you, it sounded like you wanted to tell her family and friends that, you know, yeah, she's gone. And by the way, you know, I, I was respectful. I took care of her body. You know, I, I, I sent her out in a way that I felt was, you know, was honorable and respectful. That's, that's what it sounds like to the world. That's not what I'm saying is the case but you, you just you just put that out there that's, you said that you did say if i were to get rid of a body it would be right there but that's because you're saying it from from what you're saying and make sure i understand this correctly is because you've already thought about your own self being cremated there yeah right pretty much yeah yeah that's what you're okay detectives ask you what'd you do with her clothes and you said i tried put once i realized that she had died i didn't know she had died she hadn't moved for a while. That's what they said. You didn't say that? No. Okay, and then you try to put her shirt on her. The only thing that the detectives told me, and I'm hearing this from you, 
The only thing the detectives told me, and because they're trying to incriminate me or trying to incriminate myself, the only thing they told me is they said, we found a zipper in the fire pit. We found a part of a, of a fur coat in the fire pit. And I was just like, I don't even know what to say about that. I don't recall any of that. I don't, I don't have anything, you know, maybe I was burning stuff out of the garage or something or what, but I, I said it still does not. I was actually appalled and amazed at the lack of evidence and what I was going through. And when I say amazed by their professionalism, the way I was handled by the correctional industry, you know, by the way I was handled by every law enforcement agency that I had to go through, even Edmonds, I was handled very well. This is one of the many times Eric would kind of go on a rabbit trail. You heard him earlier talk about how he saw a saw on his property and how he doesn't know why it's there or even that it's his. At one point, he even interrupted our conversation to point out a rabbit that was crossing his property. It's almost as if Eric doesn't understand or fully grasp the reality of the situation. At times, I had to bring our conversation back to the reason why I'm there. Now, when you get in Gen Pop, it wasn't handled so well. Yeah. The part about the scarf, you said you burned it because it disgusted you? Never said that. Never said that? No. I don't even know of... I don't ever remember her wearing a scarf or... You know, it's kind of... It's not uncommon for a girl to wear a scarf, though. I mean, you, you, you see that, right? Like, girls wear scarves. I got scarves. Did you wear scarves? No. I've got one that my mother or sister made for me, and I have never put it on. Okay. But that doesn't mean Nancy didn't. I don't ever remember her wearing a scarf. Okay. You know, supposedly, I've worked for her for, I worked with her for, what, seven years or something? Yeah. Seven? But you're also, from what you're saying, you didn't really pay attention to her either. Not really. So she could have worn a scarf, but you just didn't notice it? I think what people don't realize is that I was actually seeing other people at the time. I had other interests, other girlfriends. My work was very important to me, so I concentrated on that. I've had very unsuccessful relationships at work, and I, I kind of swore that off, yeah. you know? Other than Heather didn't work there very long. She moved on to attorney generals or something like that. That was actually a decent relationship that I fucked up. I kind of know a little bit about that story and, and what happened afterwards. Have you talked to her? I don't want to go there. As I've said before, if the information I get has nothing to do with Nancy's disappearance, then I don't feel it's right for me to divulge someone's story. As you've noticed by now, Eric is denying any involvement with Nancy's disappearance or that he even confessed. When they asked you what you did with her clothing and items, you said, I already told you put her in the fire pit, and her clothes are in the basement. There should be no reason why Nancy's clothes or anything is found inside your house, right? Because she's never been here. Yeah, she's never been here. And they tried to convince me of that, and that was their statements, not mine. That was their statements. That's what they said. I said, no, those clothes that are in the basement are Heather's, not Nancy Moore's. Nancy Moore's never stepped foot on this fucking property that I even know of. Absolutely not. Why call in and say you did it? That doesn't make sense. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. But you heard yourself on the record, on the recorder. You heard yourself and you confessing to the murder. Why do any of that? I don't understand. 
If you didn't do it, and if you were, even if you were drunk, drunk people don't call in and then say, I committed this murder and give a detailed rundown of what happened. Drunk people don't do that. The only thing I can offer up to that is that was despair and anguish. And then the fact that you became involved in this case probably a month before that. I, was, I became involved with it or a yeah, year. I, he- I heard. Did you catch that? After asking Eric why he called to confess, he mentions feeling anguish and says, The fact that you became involved in this case probably a month before that. I kicked myself for not letting Eric continue to say what he was saying. I naturally corrected him on how long I've been working on Nancy's case for. I've known about you for a while. I've never, and Aaron did tell me he told you about me and asked you about me. And, yes. And said that I, that I wanted to talk to you. Yes. Do you know why I wanted to talk to you? No. Before your confession? No. What I didn't tell Eric, and what I haven't told you guys yet, and I can't say much about it still, but I've known Eric was a person of interest from day one, really. There will be a time when I can divulge all the information that I know, but since it's an open investigation right now, it would be not wise of me to speak on that. Sharon, Nancy's sister, told me that Nancy had confided to her and told her that she would sneak over here when she lived at the house when the family went to sleep to hook up with Aaron. That's why I originally wanted to talk to you. Yeah, that was probably one of the original things that came out, and that's not, that absolutely is not true. I think Nancy was a habitual liar. I don't know how to explain it, but she would tell things to those girls up on the third floor, and I don't know if it was desire. I'm not sure if it was fantasy. I'm not sure if it was trying to be popular. I'm really not sure. You know, a lot of those things came came out after her disappearance. Well, the secrets come out of the closet when someone goes missing, right? I mean, you dive into someone, you put a magnifying glass on your life when you go missing. People want to know the truth, right? If you went missing, people will probably know all your deepest and darkest secrets that you have least told somebody. I don't believe so. If your daughter went missing, would you do anything and everything to figure out what was going on in her life to find out what happened to her? Of course. Well, then that's the same thing with Nancy. I mean, today, are you denying that you ever confessed to the murder? I really don't remember it. How do you not remember? Like, were you, are you saying you were drunk? You can remember going out with Dave and walk, going and being, getting lost in the woods, or you can remember acknowledging and saying hi to her, but something that happened last month, you don't remember? No, actually, when I was taken to the hospital first, or the sheriff's hospital, that is, I was on some medication, and I'm not sure if that's had anything to do with it. All I remember is I tell I told the guy what medication I was taking and he says he goes, Oh that's not good. So apparently Eric was taking prescribed drugs and believes that that could be the reason for the nine one one call. That he possibly was hallucinating seeing the guy walk on his property and he still stands by not remembering calling the second time when he confesses to Nancy's murder. This next clip of our conversation, I was anxiously waiting to hear from Eric about. I didn't share with Eric all the information that I knew. I wanted to hear first what he had to say. When I first arrived at Eric's property, he acted like he didn't know who I was, and I had to explain to him what I was doing. Now, something I found out since Eric's arrest is that 
Aaron Huntley wasn't the first person to bring my name up to Eric. Apparently, Eric knew about me about five months ago. The person that Eric went to talked to me about this and how he went to them and shared how I wanted to speak with him. Now that part was surprising to me because I hadn't told Aaron Huntley yet that I wanted to speak with Eric. You know, just since we've been here, right? You know, when we came up on the porch, you told us you had no idea about James's podcast. And then five minutes ago, you said that, you know, the day that you confessed or supposed allegedly confessed, you were filled with anxiety, remorse, regret, and you had been affected by James's podcast. You just said that. I've never seen it before. Okay. I mean, I heard about it. Okay. Who'd you hear about it from? Probably from Ruth. When? A couple days ago. Because she told you I was looking for you? No, she said something about... But you just said July 9th. It, it was weighing on you. What do you mean? When you were just talking to James, you said July 9th, when you called the sheriff's department, that a part of the reason you felt like kind of the walls were closing in or you, you were anxious and, you know, having a hard time. I actually don't remember saying that. I mean, do I... You, I, I just you heard could, you say it. <laughs> July 9th? Yeah. Oh, hold on. You're correct in that I heard about it probably a month or two weeks before Aaron had told me about it and said that you were looking to talk to me or something like that. And I was like, oh, I got nothing to say. And this is kind of the weird thing that kind of set the whole thing in motion is like, I said, Aaron, I don't know anything. So I don't know what I can possibly say. And I said, I know that she went to the store for probably cigarettes and had a glass of wine on the table and then I don't know disappeared disappeared how do you know she had wine and cigarettes I heard that it was a rumor mill from from where work 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 yeah so you were informed enough to know that she had a glass of wine and she had cigarettes yeah but it was then it was then that Aaron told me he said no there was two glasses of wine there's two glasses do you have wine with her no and I was like I was like, that is fucking strange. What you just told me is exact, is fucking strange. I was like, that's just weird. Do you, do you know that they're DNA testing everything in her house as well? No. Oh. Her bed sheets? Oh, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm happy that they're doing that. Are you happy that they're DNA testing all your stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you, nothing's coming back with Nancy's stuff on it? No. No. She was never on my property. Would they think if, if, her house with your DNA on it? No. I drove by her house when I was taking my son fishing. That's the only time. What about what you told Dave in the truck, in the car ride? So I want to stop for a second because I imagine you're probably thinking, who the heck is Dave? Or is this the same guy who was the drug dealer in the previous episodes? And no, he's not the same guy. So Dave and Eric were best friends. Dave is also the informant in the probable cause report and called in to share his concerns about Eric's involvement based on his comments Eric made to him. Eric and Dave did have a fallout and didn't speak for multiple years. Now, during the course of not speaking to each other, that's when Dave called into Thurston County to share his concerns. I don't recall that exactly. However, you know, was he driving his car? Did he have a car or a truck? He had a car. Okay. A convertible Mustang you gave to his son. Okay. So you never said that to Dave? The most I probably ever said to Dave was, and again, why would we be driving his Mustang down fishing? I'm not sure. I kind of mowed this over in my head. It's like, what? You know, because on the way there is to the barrier dam. 
Well, let me back up a second, because this was nearby Nancy's house that you said this. You have to pass it. Okay, so would it be uncommon for you and Dave to drive through Tonino? I mean, it's just 10 minutes away. I know, but at that point, Dave didn't really get around much. You'd have to go visit him. Because of his house arrest or, or, or no, health? No, because of his health. Health? Okay. Yeah, he wasn't under house arrest. Okay, he never had an ankle? No. Okay. No, it was because of his health. He had massive arthritis, and he had joint inflammation type stuff. And then, I don't know, he was experiencing a lot of stuff. And I think that's why that's why I originally thought he killed himself, because he was in a lot of pain. That and his girlfriend called the police on him. So now that we know Dave was, you know, we knew, I've known Dave was the informant. Dave's obviously not here with us today. Yeah, that is so, I mean, I just, I looked across the table at Detective Hamilton, and I, I wish I could forget that name, and I, I was stunned, absolutely stunned. Why? Why would Dave make that up? Dave said you were seeing her, and you even referred to Nancy as Aaron's ex-girlfriend. Why would Dave make that up? I have no idea. Do you I understand mean, how hard that is to believe that he would make it up, even when you guys are best friends? We were. We are. We still are. I have no idea. Dave, I just, I can't, I can't believe it. I mean, I've been elbows deep in a fucking elk with him, you know? And the only thing I offered to the detectives is that, I said, if that is true, Dave would have come to me. Dave would have came to me and said something. But you and Dave weren't even on talking terms at that point. No, we were. You guys didn't talk for three years is what I was told. Is that not true? Well, again, Dave didn't leave the house much. So you didn't go see Dave? Oh, I saw him when I could. You know, I didn't... But three years is a long time not to see him. Three it, years. It's been a long time. It was a long time. I don't know how long, but it was a long why, time. Why did you guys stop talking? Originally? Yeah. I already told you. Which, which, I don't remember. What do you mean? Because originally, we'd killed an elk, and and I said I wanted to hide. And so he said, all right. You know, so I wanted to hide, and we turned it in, and I kept asking about it over and over again. It's like, when is the hide going to be done? When is the hide going to be done? When is the hide going to be done? And I ended up going over to his house. And there was the hide hanging on his wall. Didn't piss me off. It fucking upset me deeply. Yeah, it upset me deeply. I cried that night. Because you felt like he he betrayed you? Well, fuck, he did. He did betray me. Then the other thing was that he was selling drugs to a friend of mine. I didn't say that. You're a very... What do you call yourself? You're like a private investigator type person, but you are you... No, I'm just a person who... Dug into a story. I had no f-ing idea what I was getting it's more myself like an into. Okay, because I'm unfamiliar with like podcasting and stuff. You like are. That. Yeah. I mean, I used to deal with it at work. Let's let's go back to Dave. You're upset that he's selling drugs to a friend. So you told me already you didn't want her name to make. You don't want to name the person. Well, because you know she doesn't. She's a good person, you know, because Dave was struggling with his addiction or his pain. She kind of fell back into it, I guess. I don't know. There's nothing I could do about it. So Dave had Oxycontin, Oxycodone. He was selling it. You got upset 
because he was selling it to your friend, your girlfriend, essentially, right? Yeah. So did you confront Dave about this? I don't think I ever did. I think I just wrote him out for a while, you know. Actually, to be honest, I was afraid that he was fucking her. I knew that, that there was there was some accusations towards that Dave and were having sex. Yeah. But said that's not true. Why Why would you think that and Dave were having sex? What's your What's your reasoning for that? What facts do you have? Is it just because they were good friends and close and they, they were, I mean, what is it? Because Dave's the type of person never to pass up a piece of pussy. Never. Absolutely never. Never seen him fall short. Absolutely. So are you saying that you think that offered that to him? No, I think it's because of Dave's persuasion. Opportunity, he took a, he took a, he saw the chance and the opportunity and he went after it. Yeah, and I only say that because of being friends with Dave and seeing him work. It's just, it was an unsettling feeling to me. So before we get into Dave and why you think Dave is responsible, I want to stay on the topic of really quick. When you and first started having sex or having a relationship told me that during sex you tried to play the choking game with her and she pushed your hands away and you never try it again after that but that you did attempt to do that first i want to ask is is that true that is not true i don't know what facilitated that first of all when the detectives asked me that i said I don't even know what the choking game is. I mean, that doesn't sound like a game to me. Does it to you? It's not something I do. I mean, it's not something I'm into, but it's something that people do. So it's, it's, a, it's whether, whether you can refer to it as choking game or you can refer to it as just another sexual act that people do, it's, it's a real thing. People do it. So you're saying is lying about that. I don't recall that ever happening. She knew I was a very sexual person she was frustrated that at first but then you know i think she got used to it but i wasn't i would never have any you know harmful thoughts or ideas during our interactions the things that she talked about with he tried to choke me early on he tried to play that game or do that thing whether that was something you were into you're saying that that's not something that happened between you and saying that it was it happened but you never tried again you just it was a for one time thing that you tried and then you she was like no nope, not into it okay fine and you never tried again but you're saying that that part's not true i have no recollection of of that ever happening i mean she's not the kind of person that you would try to choke out okay because you would be suffering severe consequences what about the event that happened when you did try to choke her out and she scratched and clawed at your face well, again, I think it's in the police report is that she attacked me. She said to me that you guys were in an, some sort of argument and that that wasn't the only time that you had done that to her. Whether your guys' relationship was she would physically attack you or you guys would go back and forth, regardless, choking her was what happened. And she said she thought she was going to die. She had a scratch and claw at your face and eventually she got loose and her sister's kiddos were here and they came by picked her up and they took off you were still in the bedroom asleep and passed out listen the only thing i can say to that is this is the kind of person you're dealing with is that 
she made us dinner one time and I went, we sat at the table like family. I wanted my potato cooked longer, right? So I went and put it in the microwave and she fucking flipped out, just flipped out the way she, that she reacted. And it was So she just had a temper? Yeah. Did yeah. you when you were drinking? No. You very, didn't have a temper when you got drunk? No, very loving person. Well, let's go back a year between you and Ethan. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you were trying to leave. He's trying to stop you from driving drunk, and you choked him. Well, first and foremost, those charges have been completely dropped, and you know that. Yeah, I know. That's why I was at Ruth's house. That's not the way it went down at all. So how'd it go down? Well, I'll tell you from the point that the cops showed up. You have the case. You already have the... I don't, I don't have that case file. I just know that you were trying to leave. You were drinking. He's trying to stop you because he doesn't want you to drive drunk. It gets into a physical altercation between the two of you, and you end up trying to choke him, which is why they call the police. Okay, well, that didn't happen. but So, we, yeah, we got into an altercation, that's for sure. But you know the reason for the altercation? It's in the police report. Not them for Nancy's. So I'm sitting there on the couch... Obviously, she has a nice place, right? Yeah. No, it's a very nice place. I was very disappointed when I showed up and you didn't answer the door. I'm going to spare you guys on what happened between Eric and his son. The point that I was making was bringing up the altercation was that Eric is once again getting in trouble for choking somebody. On a side note, when I went to the house and knocked on the door, apparently Eric was there. He just chose not to answer, or at least he said he didn't hear the doorbell ring. Let me go over something with you. And, and give me, I'm going to give you my perspective, and I want to hear what your response is. You have a confession where you've choked a girl during sex. <laughs> talks about how you tried to do something similar sexually, but she told you to stop, and she didn't do it anymore. Or you didn't try to do it anymore. You have then the choking incident where she says, he choked me, a scratch and clawed. I remember my family coming to pick me up that night. And then you got this incident with Ethan where it's also discussed that you choked him. Do you understand how that looks? And all of these testimonies are saying that's not true or that's a lie. All these testimonies, as you're saying, that other people are saying that that didn't happen. Other people are saying that it did happen. You're saying that it didn't happen. Do you see how that makes it hard to believe that, that your confession about how you called in and said, this is what I did to Nancy, is hard for me to sit here and believe just because you got so many other people that this has happened to? Your son. I mean, and multiple incidents where you're saying, no, that didn't happen that way. Or, you know what I mean? Sure. So what's your response? I don't really have a response. I mean, when I was interviewed originally by the detectives, I was like, oh, that's pretty damning, you know? But I really don't have any answers for you. I mean, you know, whether it be all these individuals are not associated with each other. All these individuals amongst myself have their own situation. I can't speak upon that, but it's so whatever happened between me and them is, you know, severely a case by case basis. But they all have something that's in each case is that you're choking somebody. If you're drunk and you do this, like, I don't, those other cases with your son and with, I just want to know 
how does this also ally <laughs> with Nancy's story that you choked her and it wasn't intentional, it was a sex act. Do you see how those two other individuals... But that's involved, what the cops said. If you're on record and they play that and they say that and they have that on record of you saying, I choked her, I did it, I killed her. You said multiple times, I killed her, I did it. Multiple times, not just once, but multiple times, I did it, I killed her. How do you say that they're making this all up? I know Mickey on a personal level. Who's Mickey? Hamilton. Oh. I know him on a personal level. I do not believe that he would make up this confession. That he would make up this confession and say that you said that you choked her with the scarf and how you threw it in the fire pit and how it was... That is bullshit. But I don't think he made it up. Listen, his job is to solve cases. In fact, he told me that exact same thing. He said, my job is to solve cases, and we have to investigate this. And I said, and I said, that's good. That's good. That's fine. You know, I completely understand that. I said, but I'll, by no terms if I have anything to do with her disappearance. And I said, you're welcome to search my house. You're welcome to search my property. You're welcome to search anything you, I got. I mean, did you did you welcome them or did they got a warrant because of your confession? I welcomed them first, yeah. Onto the property. I'm, but oh, you're yeah. welcoming them. You, they didn't come here to say, hey, we want to search your property. And you're like, oh, yeah, no problem. Come on in. They came here because you confessed. No one was coming here. And there's a call and a recording of you saying, I did it. Yeah, that, that part is very concerning to me. Yeah, that part of it is very concerning to me. Because when they played that, I didn't have no recollection of me even doing that. Were you also drinking on top of the prescription that you were taking? I just, I remember that the pills were on the corner of my table, and then I took at least one pill, and that was like the last thing I remember, is that the pills were on the corner of my table. This is the day of the confession. I believe so. I believe so. I don't, I'm not, I don't think the pills could last that long or, I mean, I, I don't think so. But it was prescribed doctor medication, yeah. you know, it's like. But you weren't drunk or were you drunk? No, I was not drunk and I don't remember, I just don't remember after taking the pills. I remember sitting on the step, but I'm not knowing why. You were in a position where you're under the influence. You're telling the truth because you've been carrying this for 10 years, which is a f***ing long time, which would be heavy, heavy to carry. And you carried it for 10 years. And you're finally in a position where it's weighed so much on you that in a moment where you were under the influence to a certain extent or level, you said, I can't take it. And here it is because I've carried this for 10 years and that shit will rot your bones to the core. That's not the case, though. That's not it. That's not who I am. That's not... That's not... I don't think... And I've, and I've thought about this, and I've thought about this for a while, Eric. If you are responsible, I don't think you're a killer. Because I don't think you went there to, for the intentions of murdering Nancy. I think shit got out of hand, and you didn't even realize it until after you kind of... You sound just like a detective. That never happened. You have been closer to me than I have ever been to Nancy. Me sitting here and you sitting there is the is closer to me than I've ever been to that person. Ever. That's what I told them, too. Obviously, they didn't believe me. 
like we've already said, she should be nowhere on this property. And if she is, you gotta understand it's end game. Right? They're welcome back anytime. When I first sat down with Eric, he started to cry. He said that he thinks that his friend is responsible for Nancy's disappearance, his friend Dave. Unfortunately, Dave isn't with us today. Now, this is a sensitive topic, and I just want to clear the error because what happened to Dave has some sort of involvement with Eric and what was found at Eric's house when Thurston County searched the property. A few years ago, sadly, Dave committed suicide at his house. And I'll get this out of the way now. Eric was nowhere near the house when this happened. Witnesses were on site when this took place. So let's not speculate that Eric had any kind of involvement with Dave's passing. The day after the incident, Eric was invited over to Dave's house. And I'm not 100% sure why, but I believe Dave's girlfriend at the time was mourning and trying her best to cope with the situation. When Eric came over, he had a chance to go into Dave's room where it had happened. Eric was alone in the room. As far as Dave's involvement in all of this, what you, you said you thought your best friend did it, and he's not here today. No, son. But why, why is Dave... Why does he come to mind? Yes. Well, it only came to mind because of the detectives. Okay, so fill me in on that. Well, they asked me about somehow Dave's name came up, and I was like, I don't know. It's probably public record or whatever, but I was like, didn't really know what to, uh, what they were getting at. And then they said that Dave came to them sitting at the exact same place I was sitting, saying that I might have had something to do with it. So why do you think Dave had anything to do with it himself? Well, it's the only thing that kind of... It's the only thing that kind of makes sense right now. First of all, the guy, Dave, why would he say something like that and not at least come to me or not know something or inquire or whatever? You know, out of cold blue, drives to the sheriff's office and says that I might have something to do with it. That just astonishes me. But you, you got to give me more than, I mean, with you thinking Dave did it, just because he went and told Thurston County what he told him doesn't make him the killer. Well, again, I, I'm going to tell you this again. I mean, he lives in the area. He knows absolutely all. Every single road probably commented, but I've searched my head to figure out what I even commented about her and Aaron's relationship. And then I don't know what happened after that. You know, he's got a convertible Mustang, no job. What do those things have to do with you thinking he he was responsible for the murder? Well, because he said I had something to do with it. So you automatically think he does? Well, why, why else would he... Why else would he say that unless, you know, he not necessarily wanted... I don't know, actually. I don't know. And then for him to kill himself like that in such a violent way... Why did Dave commit suicide, in your opinion, from what you know of Dave? Well, and again, I was, just like I told the detectives, I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean... That's a strong statement you make. As soon as we kind of do dove into this, you said, I think I know who did it and who's my friend. Dave. Well, yeah, because it it's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, look, at the time of her disappearance, I'm a creature of habit, right? 
I go from my house to my work, from my work to my house, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I developed a habit when I was, number one, wanted a career. Number one, needed to pay for stuff and take care of my kids. That's all I did. You know, he got retired for medical disability, and so he just kind of dropped off the radar and stuff, but um, I would go over there now and then. He would sometimes come over here. Am I absolutely 100% sure? You know, I have no idea, but it just seems, it seems weird that he would go to the police or call Crime Stoppers or whatever you said he did. I was told that they, he came in. One of the things, and, and again, you, you said you have no idea if he actually really even did it now that we're diving deeper into this. But one of the first things you say is, I think I know who did it and it was my friend. But now your position is, you don't know if he did it or not possible that nobody's ever going to know but if I had to I mean he's the more likely subject than I am how the heck do you say that when you call in and say that you murdered her I don't even remember that I, I got a question and this is nagging on me so Dave killed himself he shot himself yeah you went there the next day or the day of the next day I got the word from uh, and you go over there and you collected pieces of his skull I remember I told the detective, I said, I remember picking up one piece and I brought it home and put it in a keepsake drawer that I have. And it was like months later, I opened up the drawer and there were three pieces. So the sheriff's department found pieces of Dave's skull in your house? Yes. I told him where to find it. And there was, there's panties in there too. Whose are those? I told him I didn't know. It was from like a one-night fling when I was 21 years old. Were they in the same box as the skulls? They weren't in a box. They were in a drawer. So there was a drawer with keepsakes in it that include panties, skull fragments. Is that weird? Yeah, especially when they said that my mom's photo album was in there too. Is that weird? I'm not the killer, but I got skull fragments in a drawer with panties in my mom's photo album. Is that weird? I don't have a drawer like that. No, it's not weird. All right. I mean, it's not. Keepsakes. Those keepsakes include skull fragments of friends, pictures of mom, panties, clothes downstairs that you're saying are not Nancy's, but the night of your confession you said were Nancy's? No, I didn't say that. Okay. You did say that you would find Nancy's clothes downstairs in the basement. No, I said they're Heather's clothes. But when they asked you where can they find Nancy, you said I already told you in the fire pit and in the basement. I don't remember saying that at all. And again, I'll say it, police and detectives don't like those answers. I understand, but they didn't come here just to question you because they got a tip from from Dave. They came here because you confessed to the murder. I understand they don't like those answers. I don't like those answers because I want to know the truth. But they didn't come here because they were fishing for information. They came here because you said, I did it. I've carried the guilt long enough. And I hope, honestly, Eric, that this isn't the situation where you feel like you've cleansed your conscience because now that you're out, but you said it, and now it's on them to figure it out. And you've said it so the guilt's off your shoulders. So in a way, you've confessed, but now it's up to them to figure it out because they came here and you said, I killed her. Not just one time over the phone, and then you recanted as soon as they got here. You told them exactly how you did it. And I know you're saying you... I didn't say they were making that stuff up. They were making that stuff up. And I was like, I was denying it. I was like, what? I don't, why, why are you even, 
You know, they were making that stuff up. Which part were they making up? All of it. But you're on record saying you did it. On the original phone recording? Yeah. The original reason why they were here is because I thought somebody had walked back on the property. I didn't want to grab a gun. I didn't want to walk back here. Okay? And so I called the police. We were standing at the top of the hill. They commented about the fire pit. I said, well, yeah, that's where I... They didn't come. Okay, but hold on one second. You called Thurston County. Or 911, not necessarily Thurston County. You called 911 dispatch. You saw somebody's, what you're saying was the first phone call that you made. There should be a recording of that phone call that you made, but no one came out for that reason. Three cops came because they said that we have somebody who's just confessed to the murder of Nancy Moyer. That's why three cops came. No one came out here looking for a guy. They came out here and walked out here because you said that you wanted to take a walk. The time they, they came, I walked back here. There's three cops with me standing on the top of the hill and pointed okay. at that fire pit. So then three cops came for the first phone call. Yes. And then they left. That I know of, yeah. And then you made another call because then you want to confess to the murder. And then they came back. Are these the same three officers that returned both times? No. I believe that I was picked up by an individual. I was picked up by an individual officer. Do you see how this is confusing? You're saying you made a call because you saw a guy back here. Three officers respond. Are they saying they didn't? And I've never heard of this first phone call. I've never heard of them showing up the first time. No one's ever said. We, we responded to a call at first. We went out there because he said that he saw somebody. And then we left the scene. And then he got we got another call and that he was confessing to the murder of Nancy Moyer. So then we returned. That's never been discussed. So I'm going to go check the records. And if there's not a, one call that was made before the 3.30th around there, what's your response? I mean, I'll follow up with you and I'll, I'll call you. I'll come back. But... No, it's because um, I don't have a phone. But, I know. Um, I've been calling your phone a lot lately. Yeah, again. That, I'm going to have to follow up with you on that. Cause yeah, that that's, no, no, please do. Yeah. Please do. I'm going to wrap up my conversation with Eric at this point. I spent over four and a half hours speaking with Eric. It all ends the same way. I had nothing to do with it. It's the same thing over and over. His story changes to a first phone call was maybe because he saw somebody on his property. And he explains how the police officers came to the property, then left, and then apparently he doesn't remember anything after that. I did look over the property, went to the supposedly concrete slab in the back part of his pasture. Nothing was there. I went into the basement. I did find some female clothing. All I can say is Thurston County was very thorough when digging up Eric's property. As I left Eric's house, I requested that he give me a call. I wanted to keep in touch with him. Now, when I was getting into my car, I told Eric I was counting on him calling me when he got a chance to use a phone. Eric's response, oh, I will. I haven't lied to you yet. That comment upset me. I immediately got out of my car and yelled back, you know, Eric, I think you have. His response, seriously, after all of this, insinuating that the four and a half hour conversation meant that he was telling the truth. I explained how things don't make sense or adding up. That's when he presented an intriguing offer. So you're saying if I go get a lie detector test and I come back here, you're willing to take that polygraph? I see no reason why not to, other than the fact that I've already been eliminated as any sort of suspect as to her disappearance, you know, whether it be fingerprints or DNA, anything like that, even location, you know, I told them that. I'll get a polygraph machine and I'll come back. I'm offering it just as a way to 
I offered it to them. They didn't want to hear about it. Oh, really? What'd they say? At first, they thought they took it very seriously. And next, they treated it as an amusement. Hmm. You know? And then called me a fucking liar. Don't do it for Thurston County. Do it, do it with me. Well, why do you think I mentioned it? I look forward to speaking with him again. I have answers about that first call he claims to have made. And as of today, I haven't gotten a call from Eric. But I'm in the process of hiring a polygrapher to come out to Eric's. Who knows, though? Eric might decline the offer after thinking it over. Regardless, the results wouldn't be submitted in court. Both sides, the state and the defense, would have to agree to submitting the results. So I'll keep you guys posted if Eric is willing to meet with me again. Now, at this point, I feel like I've done everything I could to bring Nancy's story back to life again. When I started this case, it was cold. Today, that's no longer the situation. With that being said, my next episode will be my last for the season one of Hide and Seek. I'm not 100% sure when the next episode will come out, since I'm at the mercy of Eric meeting with me again. I can say for sure, though, next month, I'm heading back to Eric's house. She's a like a pagan We're searching places That I would never go Destroy walls With endless bones But ain't no rock can stop me From getting through If you Thanks for letting me know. Up on that, dude. <laughs> oh, threatening me on video. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that. My, my foot goes into a bear trap. I'm coming back and fucking you up. Yes.